to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. I told the dark one you wouldn't be daft enough to seek shelter in your own shop, but she said you wouldn't be able to resist the pull of your magic. Meredith, you, you don't have to do this. No, I tried to fight it, but I couldn't. So now her fate rests in your hands. Greetings from Storybrook. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie Simone. And this is something that, even with all the time in the world, can't be forgiven. Ah! We also talk about NBC's hit series, Once Upon a Time. How are you doing, Anne-Marie? I'm lovely. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, you know, technical snafus Technical aside, snafus. Technical snafus. We get one about every 30 or 40 podcasts we exactly. do. Exactly. Which uh, you want to know if you're listening to the recorded version, but if you're but in if you're in the chat, you realize it over at live.universebox.com every uh, Monday at 8.30 p.m. EST. 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 Uh, Poke Canada and Hope and Amy and other Emery and Poke Bobby. Poke Canada's throat is like, I can hear it. They, we, they we are live. But they all noticed it. And we hope uh, other people will start to come over come and, and join us yes. over there, too, for sure. It'll be, it'll be, it's always a good time. Good times. Good it's times. It's always a good time. And sometimes you get to see a little bit of how, you know, the sausage is made. Yep. Sorry about uh, that. You know, a couple of uh, uh, snafus every once in a while. Yeah, it has to happen. No big deal. But, uh, okay, before we get into the main discussion, we do have our winner of our big winner, winner, contest. Winner, uh, what, what are they winning, Anne-Marie? They before? are winning this fancy, fantastic, dun, 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 lovely, dun, 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 dun. what could it be? Frozen TV Guide. Yes, a Frozen TV Guide uh, special. Uh, Frozen Once Upon a Time TV Guide uh, from last year. Uh, gra- graciously donated to to us by Jeff and Colleen from the Once Upon a Time fan podcast, who I met back at RegalCon uh, back in May. And the winner is, uh, here, I'll do a... Ow! Okay, uh, the winner is uh, iTunes user Hood-Queen. Uh, so Hood-Queen, if you could go ahead and shoot us over your contact info, your address, to greetingsfromstorybrook at gmail.com. And be honest, because yep. we will verify if we think you sound shady. Uh, if, you, if we think <laughs> you're not the true Hood Queen. Uh, but uh, go ahead and send us over, and uh, we'll go ahead and get that out in the mail to you. And thank ASAP. you, ASAP. Yeah, yeah, always a good, always good to have a nice little contest there at the beginning of the season, kind of build up Give some us momentum. A little kickoff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes. But uh, you know, speaking of uh, kickoffs, kickoffs. Uh, why don't we go ahead and kick off this week's discussion about this week's Once Upon a Time, Anne Marie, if you would, <coughs> the rhyming episode summary. Rumple escapes with the help of a cup. Emma is chill. She knows what's up. What's Rumple wobbles into the arms of his bell. Will she still love him without all his spells? Back in the past, Bell gets hit with a rock. Why is Merida so unwilling to talk? If that's being friendly, I pity her foe. Pixar is revisited in The Bear and the Bow. The Bear the and bear the Bow. bow. What do you think, Anne Marie? Meh. 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 What did you think, though? Meh. 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 <laughs> well, uh, now there you go, folks. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the end of the episode. Uh, join us next join time us for next more time. greetings <laughs> from Storybrooke. <laughs>
Um, Just kidding. No, uh, by the way, uh, Amy P over in our chat room says BRB birthday business. If it's Amy P's birthday, happy birthday, Amy P. And uh, if it is, we're singing to you once you confirm. I, I hope as a present to us, you've brought a, a crazy theory with you. Uh, because when, that's what you're known for. Definitely. I want you to get back from your whatever birthday celebrations. I hope you're not uh, interrupting your birthday cake to come hand in with us. But then again, but I hope I you are. I want birthday cake. Well, we want cake. And also, it's fun happy to... Uh, Yes, it's fun we to hang out with you on your birthday. Very ha- happy play 19th it, birthday. It. No, what? that'd be mean for a birthday. Oh, uh, <laughs> the the now in the public domain happy birthday song. Right. Happy birthday, birthday to you. Cha cha cha. Happy birthday to you. Cha cha cha. Happy birthday. Sing me a story. <laughs> Sing me a song. Happy birthday, Amy P. Cha cha cha. See if you come and hang out in the chat room, we'll you sing you. To, we'll we sing you a story. You. We'll sing you a song. It'll be good. He's going to okay. kill us. Ah. Okay, so I, you know, usually we save the voicemails for the end of the show. Yes. Uh, but we had a, a very special one. A very special one here from I, Marlin, I Marlin? think. Marlin or Merle, something Merle? like that. But I hear here. Here's the voicemail, and then we'll come back and discuss it. If you're receiving this message, then things are worse than I feared. There is only one person who can help you defeat the Dark One now. Her name is Nimmerway. If you want to destroy the darkness, then you must. Very unusual voicemail from Marlin. Merle. Merle. Merlin. Merlin. Whatever his name was, he did mention a name Nimaway. Where have I heard that name mispronounced Mm. before? Nimaway. Nimaway. I think uh, Nimu. Nimaway. Nimu uh, was the way I pronounced it last week. Yes. Uh, But I just wanted to point out, you know, that was the big end of the episode this week. That was Merlin, by the way. Yes. He called us. He called us. 424-274-2352. He called us through our cauldron phone. They, through our, mush, our mushroom phone. Our mushroom lace cauldron phone. <laughs> our cauldron lace mushroom phone. I <laughs> know, uh, but uh, at the end of the episode this week, he does kind of say, hey, this person's going to be key in defeating the Dark One. So I, I'm glad to see that uh, our discussion last week kind of uh, came through, was a bit on the mark. Let's just be honest. A lot of your theories tend to come through. They just don't usually come through the following week. Yeah, it's usually it's a usually few weeks months. out and I forget about them. And then someone's like, hey, Bill, you said that six months ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, I cool. did, didn't I? This time it just happened uh, to be a six-day Can you point me to the episode because I totally don't remember it. Woo! I'll search through the Google Docs. Uh, but, but uh, you know, so uh, Nemoe definitely related to the Dark One, has the only power, uh, uh, the only one with the power enough to defeat the Dark One. Also, seeming more and more likely that Merlin has a very special relationship with uh, Nemoe, also known as the Lady of the Lake. Also is that, known, and that is confirmed Nemoe is Lady of the Lake, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah from, from the old legends. But from the see, old who tales. knows if we're going to follow the old legends? We only know we follow Disney movies. Also, I believe uh, the person. I'm trying to remember now because I did all the research last week. Uh, the person who revived Arthur when he f- he fell, the person who originally forged Excalibur, and uh, apparently the only one who can stop the Dark One. I, I, I although I will say, oh, uh, other in Reese as uh, Bill. Apparently, uh, there have been other pronunciations and uh, misspellings and whatnot. So I might be right. You might be you might be one of the rights. However, Poke Canada is claiming to be Merlin and stuck in a tree. Excellent. So we have that going for <laughs> us right now. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, and uh, Sage Verse says I'm a time lord, so. Duh. Yeah, very true. That's... Okay, but, uh, you know, so, yeah, pat me on the back. Yay. Pat, pat, pat. Yeah, I, I had for some the stuff bill. right, probably. But I also, I, I thought it was interesting, that scene there at the end. I feel like the dark one showing up at the end is a complete misdirection. I feel like either it's not, somehow the dark one isn't M anymore, and this whole thing she's been doing in Storybrooke has been a facade. Oh. Or so, although we still have There's... Head Rumple to deal with. Yeah. We still have the head rumple going on. But I so I either I think something like that's going on or that she's there to bring Merlin in on her plan to save everybody or eliminate uh dark magic or whatever. You know what I was talking right. about last week. Yeah, that stuff. But uh, unfortunately, my one thing that I, that I was predicting that didn't come true mm-hmm. was that uh, Excalibur and the Darkwing Dagger were already reunited. We See, saw that would have been nice. Episode, that would have totally been really not nice. the case. Yeah, because it was pulled mm-hmm. from the stone. I have issues with that too. Okay, you have a lot of issues. Why don't we start with the I first one here? I have so many issues. And okay. then you also have a lot of problems with the show. <laughs> <laughs> you funny man, Bill. Funny man. Okay, Bell. Bell, Bell, Bell. I thought you said okay, Bill. No, not this okay, time. Bell. Bell. B E L L E. It was nice to get an episode of her because I enjoy her. Mm-hmm. But this was not in her favor. No, ever. Like no. none of this episode was in her favor. She was a pawn for someone at all times. Mm-hmm. She was weak. Yeah. She should not be weak. She's a very strong, independent woman, you know. Mm-hmm. Little Beyonce independent woman action or something. She was also very inconsistent just within the episode. Uh, within every like five seconds. Yeah. Because I loved when she was about to like attack uh, Merida with like a stick or something in the boat and like you could hear her accent so strong in that scene. I was like, yes. Oh, nope. Gone. Mm-hmm. Dern. Dern. All of the points. So, okay. I was encouraged by the scene in the dungeon. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, because, you know, the pointing out, oh, you're clever. Well, thanks for for noticing, you know, because she's been carrying around the freaking spell book mm-hmm. at all times, which makes no sense. She needs a Hermione bag that just is like bottomless where she keeps tents and things. <laughs> Um, yeah, she's getting, gotten really good at reading those spell books. She though. has gotten really good for having no magic herself. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. But she was pretty boring back in Camelot other than that because all she would do – like she was asked to put together a spell. She put together the spell properly. She did this. She just, she's, she's just book smart with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't anything in there. I'm like, yeah, cool. You switched the potion and you made Merida like – Maybe she never actually successfully made the potion and she was trying to cover herself when it didn't work. <laughs> no, <laughs> was, I – No, it was just water. I just wanted just... you to test yourself, Merida. Um, yeah, no, I <sighs> – I don't know. I just I, I think she did make it because then they use it in Storybrooke. Yeah. And but, I don't see Emma as making the mm-hmm. bear potion. I will say Hope in the chat room says is it too soon to ship Merlin and Belle? No, the only alternate shipping for Belle is we Bumpy. Support is Bumpy. I fully support Bumpy. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, however in Storybrooke she <laughs> I'm not gonna make any friends with this one. <laughs> um she was a confusing little brat, mm-hmm. I felt like for a lot of it. Um, when they, when they were all like, you know, we have to give, you know, Emma her best shot. And she's like, what about Rumple? The entire speech felt really confusing. I don't know if I missed a major sentence in that scene or something, Mm -hmm. but she felt like she was a toddler having a tantrum complete with stomping out of the room. Well, see, I, I actually feel like she had a point with that. And I, I feel like it kind of bore out throughout the entire episode, 
But I also feel like that point she had, she completely forgot about right after she made the speech. And okay, maybe that's what the problem was like when yeah, I rewatched yeah, it. And and I, I, was I, like, I have a little bit more on that later. Do you? Too, all right, yeah, well, so. then I'll move on. Um, Rumpel pours his heart out to her, being like, you saved me. I'm only here because of you. And she says nothing. She's like, eh? She's like, huh, let's go across the street. <laughs> like, that was not right. Um, then Rumble tries to take her across the town lines. She tells him that running away has never made anyone a hero. Flash forward three minutes when he comes running back to face Merida the bear. And she tells him to run away. Don't run until, until you need to run. Then what run. is this? I don't understand. Yeah. I'm not so happy. Very inconsistent and very disappointing too, just because she's been on the back burner for so long that I was really excited to have a very active bell. Yes. She's a great actress. She's a great character. They, I think they've just forgotten about her and what she's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And they were like, Oh, we should give the rum bells an episode. Like that's honestly what it felt like. Or Emily is demanding an episode as part of her series regular status. Ding, ding, ding. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Very disappointing, but not quite as disappointing as what I want to talk about next. Oh yeah. Okay. As any listeners of the podcast probably know, Rumpelstiltskin, my first big draw into the show, one of my favorite characters on the show. I think a lot of people can say that. One of the best characters on the show, bar none, Mm -hmm. really the inceptor of the, the premise of the show. You know, so uh, a very important character, one you don't want to mess up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and other Emery just <laughs> noticed how I, I changed my hat. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm going to keep doing that throughout the episode. I have hats. Do you have that around. many hats? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Okay, but okay, so I love Rumpelstiltskin. Many people do. Many people love him on the show. And. <laughs> They kind of completely ruined the entire thing that made Rumpelstiltskin interesting in the show. They retconned Rumpelstiltskin in this episode. Okay, basically, the the thing I saw as a retcon is that scene by the car with Bell's like, you can't run from your problems, Rumpel. And he's like, but I did when I was I was uh, living in fairy tale land and the ogre wars. And then she's like, no, no, you were you were trying to uh, what we've all assumed for the entire scene and kind of made Rumpel such a tragic character uh, that, that you only did it because uh, you, you for wanted, yeah, didn't want to leave your son fatherless and your wife husbandless and all that. Not and then he's not. like, no, I did it because I was afraid. I was it had nothing to do with my son or my wife or anything. Or, you know, you know that whole motivation that my characters had the entire series? No, doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. doesn't have it mm-hmm. and it, it really it really kind of upset me i in, it, <laughs> kind it, of <laughs> kind of uh, it, it really went over the line for me it like i said it does undoes everything interesting about his character in, in just a few lines and mm-hmm. for for what reason i mean you know his his arc is meaningless if it doesn't come from a selfless place like yeah, like ha- his entire like yeah his entire, entire story for, for the entire series you know that's what made yep. it made him a tragic character and it's what gave his redemption power. Like, it's what, you know, leading up to this episode, mm. I was so excited about because, you know, the dark is out of his heart and now he can finally start his 
big redemption arc, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of how Regina had over the past couple seasons. But now that's all for naught because, I mean, he's not that tragic a character anymore. No, he, he, he literally is just a coward. Yeah, he is just a coward. And, you know, it, it just it feels like weak writing. Uh, and, you know, we hate we've, saying that. I know, but it, it also feels like, uh, we, you know, we've seen him be a hero before. You, you know, they, they, approach it this episode like rumple's never done anything heroic in his life i yeah i i mean obviously he did have uh the dark one's influence in his heart and everything but you know he did the whole selfless sacrifice thing when when he killed his father when he killed pan yeah um you know you know and there's been many other times he's he's jumped in there to save the day or help the good guys and i mean obviously you know, last season we saw him kind of really lean into the dark side after he lost Bay and everything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we've seen him be a hero so many times at this point mm-hmm. that I think it's a little little weird to This be is like, what made him a hero. Yeah, he's not a hero now. But now he is because he threw a sack of something in a bear's mouth. Yeah, know? that was... It, and where'd the sack come from? No, he had that. That was when I he know got he, out of the I sink. know he had it, but he put it. Didn't he put it in the console of the car? He must have put it in his pocket. I guess so. Yeah, I guess we're just so. gonna say that. Okay, let's see here. Uh, have some some feedback from the chat room here. Uh, let's see what you guys have to say. Oh, there's lots of things. Okay, Elsie says, uh, "Bill uh, Rumpel are, are becoming just like their alter egos from the heroes and villains story, and uh, that the other author wrote very yeah. much so. I, I feel like the Rumpel Stiltskin at the end of this episode was pretty close to that yeah. nightly version." of Rumpel for sure and Hope says "Uh, I don't know I was okay with him admitting he left because he was scared and for Balefire but he didn't say it was and for Balefire it was only because he was scared it was only because he was scared it had nothing to do with Bay Mm -hmm. which makes me she also says that that was a huge choice that had multiple layers I always took him as leaving for both reasons I think I I mean I think he was scared up until this point I had assumed he was scared to leave his son fatherless like he was left fatherless when Peter Pan I always went to Neverland it. and Bobby says I think that Rumpel may feel that way but heroes don't re- think of themselves as heroes uh, as far as you know whether he's been a hero before yeah and uh, let's see here anything else interesting I don't know <laughs> I don't know oh uh-huh. uh, yeah oh, and uh, other Emory says don't touch season one it messes up with what the series is about now very very, very much agreed for sure it, it, do you have any thoughts on that Emory on don't touch season one real Emory yeah real <laughs> <laughs> she's real too she's really other emory um i'm just gonna agree with what poke canada just said neil was mentioned again in this episode he has to come back fact fact <laughs> yes i'm done if they don't bring him back he was mentioned twice because yes. selena mentioned him too yes i killed neil <laughs> what that was crazy okay um Meredith's family. Meredith's family. Many of the many of the issues. The brother's name. She literally had no plan to save her brothers. Mm-hmm. Her plan she none. She kidnapped Belle to break into a witch's house to use her cauldron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there wasn't a cauldron in Camelot? Mm-hmm. Merlin, like the almighty, powerful Merlin, offered to help you, said he would help you, and you were just like, meh, meh, meh. Yeah. Let me take this book, lady. I also thought it was really weird how the, the guy who was in charge with the blue paint on his body yeah. and stuff that he made this presentation as if he knew Merida would be watching. If Merida does not show up by yeah. evening tonight, we will kill all of her brothers. Yeah. And there's no way he could have known she was watching through that cauldron. Yeah. It was weird. Unless there's like this, you know, camera that turns on. It's like, it's like the hunger games. <laughs> Suddenly there's like a thing going. Um, let's see. So, okay. So she kidnaps Bale breaks. No, not Bale. 
Bell. 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 Breaks into the witch's house to use her cauldron. Then Bell just happens to say the word fate, which makes her think to use the spell that she used to turn her mother into a bear in the movie. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what? How does this, any of this make sense? Nor did, how did it work? Also, how did her brothers grow up so much? I know you haven't seen the movie. I haven't. But they were like seven. Really? And she was like 17 or something. And I'm sure I'm getting it wrong. So go ahead and correct me in the chat because I'm not positive. But they were... They were 12 and a half. Yeah, something like that. But they were really little. Like, and they were troublemakers and they were mischievous. They were getting into things. They, I don't feel like they'd have gone quietly. Mm -hmm. Well, quiet is different because they didn't really talk in the movies either. They didn't talk in the show, which really drove me nuts. I'm like, you do not Mm -hmm. have triplet mutes. I don't feel like that happened. Um, Yeah, it felt weird. They were... We're all very they I was about to say they were passive characters, but they weren't really characters. They were just bodies. They were props. Yeah, they were they were props. props. Uh let's see. Why did they never learn to fight at all and save themselves? They put up zero resistance in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did the three of them get captured? It's not like you're going to like get one person or you know a crown or something crazy. Like, no. How do you capture three people mm-hmm. like that? I don't know. Seemed a little odd to me. Also, shouldn't her mother have been made like she was queen already? I'm assuming her mom survived the. (gasps) Okay, I re-listened to the yes. Both of her parents did. Mm -hmm. The father dying is unique to this. Okay. Um, I think I don't remember now. I could be lying. See, neither of us know this movie that well. Although, I did. Although uh, a, a lot of uh, Merida's dialogue was basically Wikipedia entries for the plot summary it, for the bits movie. Bits of it, yeah. But like, I don't know. If her mother's alive, why would she relinquish her crown to her daughter? Mm-hmm. I don't – like that doesn't make sense. Like if you are the ruling queen – no, they were not like the triplets in the movie, Amy P. No, no, they were not. They were like the triplets of Belleville. Oh, Elsie, everything is part of the Enchanted Forest. Scotland, England, London, Arendelle, the Southern Isles. Mm-hmm. It's Yes, they looked way, way too old. Yes. <sighs> okay. I think I'm done venting on that one. That's good. Well, don't worry because when we come back uh, from our <laughs> break here, I have more venting to do about Meredith. Oh, for goody. Sure. But uh, first, we wanted to tell you guys a little bit about our Patreon. Uh, Anne-Marie, why don't you tell them about our Patreon? Hi, we have a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash universebox, you can sponsor our podcast, Greetings from Storybook and Legends from Gotham. And you can be just like Miss Angel, who mm-hmm. did that today. Thank Yay, you. Angel. Um, actually, most of our chat room is probably... Uh, patrons. Patrons, actually, <laughs> now that I think about it. Uh, but she was the newest. So it's a great way to sponsor us, to help us you know, keep our content fun, exciting, and hopefully less technical snafus. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can start donations at $0.10, cents, go up to $10, $20, whatever mm-hmm. you're in the mood for. And then, yes, like five-year-olds. Uh, <laughs> distractions, <laughs> distractions. Um, but you're going to get all of Bill's books free. There will be exclusive content, patron mm-hmm. hangouts every month. Yeah, we're probably doing a, a movie commentary this week, probably for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Friday-ish? It's going to have to be Friday because the light's on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So, Thursday or Friday, somewhere in there probably. Thursday or Friday, we'll be doing that about, yeah, Turtles. Austin, I don't know. Um, let's see. But we want to thank our 36 patrons yeah, for uh, giving us $219 a month. Thank you guys so much. We super duper appreciate it. We're also we going to really be do. revamping this page with new rewards. Amory still needs to get the I actually was out. on there today, but then a child, like... Uh-huh. There was running, there was screaming, there was dancing. We're, we're going to get the stickers out to our October patrons uh, here in, 
in here November. In the very next soon. Well, no, just October. Just October. Oct- the stickers were the October bonus. We're, oh, oh, we're doing out. stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Got we'll, it. we'll probably do something else for December. Oh. So you know, get your get your patrons oh, in. Oh, I didn't set up the thing at Patreon.com/slash/UniverseBox. Uh, but uh, thank you guys so much again uh, for supporting us and everything we do. And we have some new podcasts coming your way soon too. So promise, coming soon. A Disney one. Yep. Uh, we're yeah, so we're lost g- in the off season. It'll be it'll be good. It'll be very 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 good. Okay, so let's see here. Okay, uh, voicemails. Now, oh yes, we have we had a couple first time voicemailers this week, and we wanted to you know feature them, encourage people uh, to send in voicemails. Although sometimes we have to all you new people like, who are out there listening who mm-hmm. never jump in. Jump in. Don't be scared. Yeah, because I guess uh, at least one of these people has been li- have been listening since the first episode. This is the first time they've called in. That's so. crazy because we're on episode 145. And I believe that's the first one I'm going to play here, which is uh, Aria. Take it away, Aria. Hi, Bill. Hi, Anne-Marie. This is Aria from Los Angeles, California. Long time listener. First time caller. I've been listening since the first episode of your podcast. And I'm Team Anne-Marie. My favorite one was the Nora style here. You guys covered me on the side of his break. However, I just want to say that this episode loved it. I'm done with it. I'm pretty much done with it. Yeah, Few characters that shared last dinosaur pit, but this one was with very involved, like Lumbo for us. Lumbo changed for life, and everything they were wanted. Lumbo went on an adventure, we cried, we told troops, and they were, and they fought the bear, and they were. And also, we had hope at the end that they might get back together. But we just wanted great, and I love it. I said last night, last, as I said last night on Tumblr, night, Lumbo saved the bear, saved, sorry, saved each other, saved the kingdom, saved Merida, and pulled Excalibur. All the rest of the group, and it's like, that's it. Hope you have a good day, and can't wait for the next episode. Yeah, I think uh, there was a little bit of a technical snafu there in your recording, but so great to hear from you. Yes, thank you so much for calling. Please call again. I definitely, yeah, yeah. I I, I wish we had been able to understand you a bit clearer, but great to hear from you for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you, Aria. And uh, next up is Ashley. Take it away, Ashley. Hi, Bill and Anne-Marie. This is Ashley. Hi. caller. I started listening to you guys recently, and you're hilarious. I just love everything about your show, so it's been really fun getting to know you and the other folks. That listen. So here are my thoughts on last night's episode, The Bear and the Bow. Uh, first with Merida, I'm not really crazy about the way Once Upon a Time is using Merida as a character. I feel like what made her so great in the movie was um, her relationship with her mom and that whole uh, kind of um, journey that her and her mom went on as the relationship changed and grew. And I think just by showing the side of her where she's a warrior and she, you know, has these really great fighting skills, I don't think that really is what was most engaging and impactful about the movie. They're kind of just carrying over a lot of the gimmicky pieces from the movie, like the potion, turning someone into a bear. I will say, though, the one thing I love about Once Upon a Time is how they bring the live-action version of the movies that you love. So being able to see um, the witch is hot and things like that. So the big thing in this episode was about Rumbell. Um, mm-hmm. Sure, Rumbell mm-hmm. folks are just losing it. Captain Swan here, just so <laughs> y'all know. Um, so I really like seeing uh, Rumble and Belle interact again. I think um, it really shows how even though Rumble has done some really horrible things, the last season I was just totally turned off from them all together. I think using this analogy of the darkness being like an addiction, I I can kind of see that process of how you start to see the difference between what was that person's illness, or I guess in this, you know, show kind of the curse versus what's that actual person. So I think him as a person still has a lot of flaws, um, but I think he's showing a lot of growth. But I do think it was silly that all of a sudden in one episode, he's a hero again with Regina and Hook. There were multiple seasons and so much more to happen that kind of solidified them as heroes. So I felt that was a little off. But in regards to Belle, I think she was amazing. I love to see her. Um, 
um, taking action, going on adventures. I think last season we saw a lot of her being kind of passive and being manipulated. So to see this more powerful Sleeping. side of her, um, <laughs> I thought was really great. So, and just some final things that I really loved about the episode. Zelina was great. She wins for best booty comebacks in the episode. Um, mm-hmm. I just think her, she's just so strange and I just absolutely love it. And I'm so glad to see her in this episode. Um, also want to note some Regina magic babbling. Like, of course, magic mushrooms don't burn. I just thought that was silly and kind of like that. And I like that they brought up Henry's role as the author. Um, I hope that they, they keep coming back to that. I feel like that's a really powerful and meaningful role within the mythology of Once Upon a Time. So I really hope to see them dive into that more, what it means. And is he writing right now? Like, what is happening? Is he the author? He's- hey, Bill and Ian, nope. I guess oh, it cut, up, cut, up. cut got cut off there. But thank you very much, Ashley. Yes, thank you. Uh, very, very much. Great to hear from you. I hope we, we hear from you again. Good points all around. Seriously. Seriously. Um, we also had another um, point in the chat room. Uh, other uh, in Marie, and this is something that I typically say, and I resisted this time. Why can't they let people change their mm-hmm. clothes? <laughs> I mean, only if they're from a movie that was made in the past ten years, though. Um, like four years, you yeah. have to be. If you were made in the past four years, you do not get to change. If you were made way back, like in the fifties, you totally can wear whatever you want. Mm-hmm. By by the way, it was pointed out that we didn't say hi to Todd Whitehead in our chat room. He of Alpha Geek Radio, which you can catch greetings from Storybrook on yes. AlphaGeekRadio.com or TuneIn.AlphaGeekRadio.com to find out how you can get it on your phone That's and it. listen to it. You know, on the go, on the go, definitely. Boop, boop, boop. Lots of fun. Thank you, Todd, for uh, coming over to the chat room, streaming us on Alpha Geek, etc., etc., etc. Okay. <laughs> Why didn't that clothes horse go by? Yes. <laughs> Why didn't? Okay, so, uh, you know, we, we talked a bit about the writing earlier mm-hmm. this episode, uh, but I, I had some more issues with it. I, I, well, I had a lot more issues with it, to be quite honest. <laughs> but, I, like, we were actually, me and Emery were talking. This was like, this episode was frozen levels of disappointment yep. for us. Yep. You know how the, the deepest, darkest we got with the Frozen arc last season? I, th- I think we hit that level for sure mm, in this so week's bad. episode. One of the things that really bugged me was the fact that so many major plot points were written off with like a line or they they, they just like barely like skimmed over i mm-hmm. uh, you know for, first of all in in just one little throwaway line that uh, other Marie missed on two watch throughs <laughs> uh we get confirmation that uh the sorcerer's apprentice is dead yeah that's a pretty major deal that was seriously how big of a character he is i thought he was just like sick and asleep yeah, I figured he was just like getting getting better. Like, I'll get better. I'll get better. Uh, but no, he's he's dead according to Hook. And, uh, so, well, the apprentice is dead, and it was such a throwaway. But you know, sad to see him go. And I, but I wish they'd re- addressed it more directly. Even in that s- scene we, when he, you know, says you have to find Merlin. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, he's dead. No, they they didn't say that. They just moved on with the story. Yeah. And uh, I, I even feel like if they had given it like maybe two or three more sentences, like, oh, yeah, he mm-hmm. died. It was sad. Or, you know, we had a funeral or something like that. Right. You know, I, I would have been a little bit more okay with it. And I'm still a little upset that we still haven't seen how Merlin came to hire him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I still feel like the, the Apprentice's backstory needed explained or explored a little bit. I don't think it's done yet. Yeah, he could come back for... for... She watched it three times. Three times! Yeah, but hopefully he'll be back for a, a flashback, if nothing else. Oh, Also, come to think of it, was, was Henry chosen by Merlin? I thought he was chosen by the Apprentice. He was chosen by the pen. 
by the pen. He was chosen by the pen, so I don't know really what that means. Yeah, that's uh, well, I guess maybe the pen's made of wood. Oh, really? Yes, yes. Really? I, I, I went there. Full House reference. It's yeah. fine though. Yeah. No one will get that because that's an They're, old show now. Yeah, that's coming back. Yeah, it is. It is actually. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, another thing that really got to me, and again involving Merlin, mm-hmm. uh, the scene with him and Emma in the diner, where you know he it's she he's like, hey, you remember that weird dude in the theater yeah. who caught you stealing <laughs> it's something? It's me. Who caught you stealing the Apollo ice cream or Apollo chocolate bar or whatever? It's me. And then she's like, well, what's the deal? You were a tree. And he's like, it doesn't matter how my message got to you. This big uh, mystery they set up in scene one, episode one of season five. It doesn't matter. Just, it doesn't matter. Nope. Who cares? Doesn't matter. It, it just, you know, it, it felt like that was a mystery they were setting up to reveal the solution to later on down the line. Mm-hmm. But with that line, it just feels like lazy writing and they thought it would be a cool scene in the movie theater but they didn't know where they were going with the season and they were just like okay we don't have time to explain it or we don't have we don't a, care to explain we it. haven't come up with a good reason to explain it so we're just gonna go hey whatever i mean he's merlin but was that a prophecy could he do a prophecy from inside the thing and if that's the case shouldn't he been able to prophesize to everyone it, this I, is how you will save me blah I'm, blah blah i'm kind of wondering uh how he you know, projected himself out from the tree. And I, I, I guess in our chat room, we're hearing that uh, Apollo bars were a lost reference or something. Nice. And multiple people do remember Full House, so we are not as old as we feel. Everywhere you go. Everywhere you do. There's a song to hold on got. to. Yeah, but just a, a couple more examples of, of weak writing. Yeah, well, but. A little bit. Okay. So nobody found it odd or convenient that Arthur can only receive communications and prophecies from Merlin while he's alone. Yeah, it, they, That's they seemed a little too trusting of Arthur. We still trust Arthur, right? Mm. Did. Well, now we don't. Yeah. Like, I'm just so surprised that Regina went along with it. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like, I mean, she put her time and her soul into that. If nothing else, she would have had some sort of like weird spy spell in her. Yes. In her vault you know to, to leave a uh, practically a stranger alone in, in her, her vault, vault with like all the core's magic and hearts everything and there's a lot of people other. who could have died with him in there like i mean she slept with robin in there and she she wouldn't leave him alone in there you know <laughs> so i mean come on <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> i i am glad that they're finally uh that they finally uh they're finally not trusting Arthur and story in both too. worlds yeah. makes my life a lot easier definitely yeah definitely. so yeah 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 so, yeah, okay, I, I had some problems this episode, Anne-Marie. You had more problems? I had more problems. Nice. I hate to be the bearer of Haterade. Haterade. Going to pour one out, some Haterade there. Tea. It's clear, like water. Because it is. No, but I did have some more Haterade this episode, and I hope I don't get too much Haterade from our listeners. You will. For this Haterade. It's okay. I had a lot of problems with Merida. I continue to, and I, they're old problems that I had last week, but they're just exemplified and exaggerated and bigger this week. Okay, so first of all, okay, you know how last week I was saying that the whole Rumple being a coward thing? Yeah. Uh, it felt like they were kind of diminishing a, a, a strong character to make Merida seem stronger, brave, brave and stronger a, a, at the expense of this other character. Mm-hmm. They did it again this week, yeah, I think, with, with Belle. 
I, you know, when Bell, uh, it, just uh, one example out of several, but when Bell turns her back on Merida after she does like the, hey, do you hear something? You know, mm-hmm. all, all this kind of stuff. Bell is supposed to be a very intelligent character. She's supposed to pick up on that kind of stuff. And this made her seem like an idiot. But no, I think I'd have turned and looked around too because they were running away from Arthur and Arthur's men. Well, like, uh, but then she's like still turned around looking away and Meredith's like, oh, it's just this rock that I'm going to hit you with or something. I forget what the exact line was, but she she just, it made her come off as an idiot. And I think they did it to make a Meredith seem more bad A or Mm. cool or whatever. But at the same time, I feel like it it, it made Belle weaker and it really didn't make Merida seem much stronger either. Because, no. you know, it, as they go through and they pay off from that scene, she she says, uh, you know, I, I hit first. I'm a, I'm a hit first. Ask questions later. Kind that of girl. is true, though, of her character, mm-hmm. really, for the whole for the movie, too. Yeah. But, you know, I'm taking it from the perspective of someone who hasn't I'm seen the movie. I'm just filling oh, you yeah. in. I know. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. Thank you. You're welcome. I won't hit you now. No. <laughs> Get a bottle covered in glitter. Well, then it can't hurt. Then <laughs> like fairy dust. <laughs> no, but I, I, I was just thinking. You know, that whole uh, attitude is is. I don't think that's a good, really good attitude for a wise queen to have. So. You know, and plus, you know, she's risking giving Belle brain damage to help her uh, to help her save her brothers, which someone who's much more powerful than Belle, Merlin, already promised her. Yeah. You know, it just makes it, it makes, you know, it makes Belle seem stupid and it makes Merida seem pretty stupid, too. Yeah. You know, there's there's some the most powerful mage in all the land has been like, no, I'm going to help you with your brothers. We will get your brothers back. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm just going to bust this girl in the head with a rock because she has a book. Yeah. Yes. Like, like, I don't mind that you're the most all-powerful wizard. I'm going to take the girl with the book. Idiotic. And it, like, I, like I said, again, a lot of Merida's dialogue this episode just felt like Wikipedia plot summaries uh, from the movie Brave. Even, I haven't seen the movie Brave, but you could, you could tell that's what was happening mm-hmm. for sure. And I also thought, you know, the whole uh, the parlor trick with the arrow, arrows, yeah. the shooting through the three arrows going towards yeah. her brothers. You know, it was, it was a nice effect shot. Mm-hmm. It was fun. It was pretty was good it did what it needed to do but i i i felt like okay because you know she shoots through those arrows and then all of the soldiers this whole big army they're just like oh let's lay all her weapons down and let's you know she she can shoot through three arrows there's no need we can't fight i and i i felt i felt like that that made merida seem weak too because you know she said she says, if I can do that with an arrow, what do you see what I can do with my sword? And I'm like, okay, great. We're going to have this really cool action sequence where she fights through all these soldiers or enough to put the fear of God into them. Yeah. And and they just all lay down their swords. And even the, the second command guy, it, when the leader guy, I don't know their names. I don't either. Uh, but it, when he, he's, he's like, we're doing this. And the dude's like, yeah, I guess, you know, whatever. Like, I don't, I'm not sure why, but, but yeah. But the thing is, because those guys are very weak. Like the mm. clansmen, other than the guy with the blue on him, uh-huh. they're obviously very weak. And the men following them were pretty weak. Um, Bell, yes, Angel, I like that. Um, that Bell is the new savior. Um, but it'll never happen. Um, <laughs> but they, even in the movie, they were pretty weak. There was mm-hmm. only the one guy who really wanted to fight. And if none of the other people, like, I think they just wanted to let it go. Mm-hmm. 
Let that it was go. So not on purpose. Um, they wanted to accept her as the queen. Mm-hmm. He was the one who's probably pushing the marriage thing and pushing all of this and pushing all of that. And you know, if even one other guy would have stood with him, he probably would have sword fought her. Mm-hmm. But he was running with some weaklings. Yeah, it, it was just a situation where I, I felt like, and again, this is coming from somebody who hasn't seen the movie, so I don't have that context really. Right. But it, it felt like they were setting it up, you know, with Belle's trick with Merida to, no, you have to stand up and do it for yourself. You don't need a magic potion to do it. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it felt like they were setting it up to show the, this yeah. really big, powerful scene with Merida, you know, bringing down this army. And the second she, you know, that does a cool parlor trick, they all just lay down their weapons and they're like, whatever. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. And it, it it just seemed – it made Merida seem weaker to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I th- believe Than that, it would yeah. have if she had even just had like one little like ooh, sword ooh, fight kind of she thing. She would go like that too. Mm-hmm. Also, isn't Belle – doesn't Belle know how to sword fight? Yeah, completely. Like the two of them. How cool would that have been? That would have been if awesome. If they had a big a sword fight with – But Belle wouldn't have done it because Merida had to do it on her own. I don't, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't get any of it. Yeah, but uh, honestly, I, I think it would have made Merida seem stronger if she had drank the potion, to be honest. You know, yeah. But uh, interesting. So that's all. That's my thoughts on Merida. I didn't like it that much. Let's see. Okay, the Dark Swan and Zelina. Hmm. Hmm. I think that if Zelina wouldn't have known from the Nebby mopping patient nurse whoever um that's ratchet no it wasn't from her though it was from another one it was the one that that stands there and mops because she specifically mentioned the well mops. that's chief broom okay chief broom then chief that's broom, the one yeah. that's that's chatty um if she hadn't ripped out violet's heart in order to break i don't know jedi knight um <laughs> henry's heart that zelina would have totally helped her no matter what she asked for mm-hmm. but that hit just a too close to home mm-hmm. i'm just saying and really what does she need um zelina to do like because she says you know you're the only one who's used merlin's wand and lived to tell about it like mm-hmm. so i'm guessing that's needed to put excalibur and the dagger back together yeah that was my thought too was just the, that that's probably what they're aiming for is that eventually zelina is going to come around and be like okay doop, 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 doop. yeah yeah also uh poke canada in the chat room says uh the whole Merida situation definitely made Poke Canada less confident in Merida's ability. So I'm glad I'm not alone in that, at least. Yeah. But but yeah, the the Zelina uh, Dark Swan scene was probably the the best scene of the episode. Definitely one of them, if not the. Also, also, you know, I, I thought it was really funny that you know Regina might be reformed, but I, I still think you know denying a pregnant woman her cravings is probably one of the most ultimate forms of evil. <laughs> That could possibly ever, ever exist. Also, why does Granny keep preparing food for the Dark Swan? Why wouldn't? I mean, you got to feed her. I guess. I guess. But, you you know, and, you know, like like we were saying, I think that definitely uh, she wants Zelina to reunite the the sword and the dagger at some point. But uh, I also kind of, I feel like Zelina is genuine 
here, in this scene here, in her willingness to let bygones be bygones, just let me have my baby, and we're cool. She should be showing, by the way. Probably, yeah. No, there's no probably's about it. Yeah, because they were gone six weeks, right? They were gone six weeks. she was weeks. already pregnant for like a month or two before that. That's the thing. And, and yeah. well, <clears throat> summer. Mm-hmm. So, like. Maybe she doesn't actually have the baby anymore. But we've had the ultrasound since they've been back. Oh, yeah, since they've been back. I forgot right. about that. Because I was talking to the other Anne Marie about that. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, she could have faked it on the internet. No, she's in jail. There's no faking of ultrasounds in jail and mm-hmm. well we all know that uh what's her face um regina and um robin would have been there for the ultrasound yeah Hi. yeah yeah but you know I, I i do think she's uh very uh genuine in mm-hmm. her willingness to let everything go i actually think in the first episode of the season if i uh, if they had let her go back to oz we never would have heard from zelena again nah but, but they have her as a series regular, mm-hmm. so she had to. But I'm also wondering where we're going to get conflict from Zelina. Because, I mean, you got to have some conflict from her. Because she's such a great character when she's working in opposition to everybody else. My thought is that Regina is going to try and take this baby from her. So her and Robin can have a baby since, you know, she, she can't, can't have, have a baby. Mm-hmm. And that that's going to reignite the wicked part of uh, Zelina's Lina. character. Yeah, I think there's going to be some baby napping. Baby napping. Well, we have, uh, you mean like baby Neil? <laughs> oh, wait, who? Who's that? We've talked about Neil, they let, but not They left baby, baby Neil in Camelot. <laughs> Probably did. Um, okay, wait, where am I? Oh, Merlin and Emma and Granny's with the chocolate bars. We kind of talked about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, where did things go wrong between them? Like, they seem to have a slight understanding in that scene. Yeah. And then obviously something happened. Mm-hmm. Um, why did she not leave Excalibur alone? Why do we not listen to Merlin? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The man kind of, you know, sees the future. He can see what could happen. Um, how does Excalibur get back into the stone? I'd imagine, and why? Like, I, 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 I still think we're going to see a situation here where Emma completely reverses form from what we're thinking she's up to this season. And we're going to get a, a flashback episode in, mainly set in Camelot that kind of fills in these gaps, maybe... She takes the uh, she takes the sword back from Arthur, shoves it back in the stone. She busts in on Merlin. He thinks he's there. She's there to cause havoc. She's actually there to enlist him, help me cast this curse, so we can go back and fix everything. I think I think we're gonna get all these gaps filled in to make Emma the true hero at some point. Okay, that's my we'll thought. See. That's my thought. We'll see. I have no idea. You have no idea. I have no idea. At this point, I have no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I I will say that. All the ca- the Camelot stuff in this episode, the Zelina Emma stuff, all gravy, all great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the rest of the stuff, uh, meh. Yeah, lots of meh. I, I will say, you know, I've been very haterady this We've episode. Been seriously haterady. There, there are a couple. Uh, well, I, th- I think I mentioned some of it already, but there were a couple things I liked about this episode. The last one was actually uh, the, the that last scene there in Emma's basement. Uh, which was, uh, uh, you, you know, the emergence of Rumple, the selfless hero uh, mm-hmm. we see here. You know, when he's like, you know, I'll make a deal with you, and you, you, but you have to give Merida her heart back. You have and to tell her, tell about her where brothers her brothers are, and then you have to let me and Bell go. You know, it, I, I, so even with the windy retconny road uh, to get there, I really like where Rumple ended up at the end of the episode. He's willing to do the selfless thing now, as a matter of course, instead of like a rare exception. 
how it's been in the past mm-hmm. or a have to kind of situation like it was with uh, his dad. I, you know, this is just something he's doing on the reg, like with, with, with no compunction, no hesitation. He's completely there, the selfless hero, like they were saying in the chat room earlier, a, very much like that knight character we saw in Heroes and Villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in a, I, I also think it's going to be interesting to see how he handles the hero side of himself because mm-hmm. we saw how dangerous he was as a villain. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what sort of threat he can pose as a, as a white hearted. See that I'm really interested to see because that's going to, I mean, he's not a coward Mm -hmm. anymore. Sage says, I put the sword back in the stone. We have video. Definitely. Definitely. Video. I also have the dark one dagger right here in my desk drawer. But Amory's nice! the dark one. Oh, no. Amory has it. I've got the dagger. She had it the whole time. <laughs> Sorry. So, one other thing that occurred to me, too, though, was that we saw earlier this season that Hook kind of fell out of love with Emma a little bit because of the Dark One's influence on mm-hmm. her. I'm wondering if Belle's going to stop loving Rumple because he's lost the Dark One influence. Kind of like a, re- I, a reverse Hook sort of thing. I don't know because of the entire um, – how they basically had split up and she shoved him over the line and we haven't mm-hmm. really rebounded from a lot of that. Well, I mean they kind of – They did. They came they back didn't. together at the end of last season before he got knocked Briefly. out. Very brief. I don't know. See, I, uh, that, that scene you were talking about. Yeah, uh, where, where she didn't return the love. Yeah, where she didn't return the love. I think she was seeing him as a bit weaker than the Rumple she knew and a bit of a different person. And I think that dark one element to him, like mm. as much as I don't know if she'd ever admit it. The bad boy aspect. Yeah, I think I think that was a little bit of the lacy in her, you know, being attracted to the bad boy. Lacy. Yeah, it, it all comes back to uh, the lacy episode. Racy lacy. Uh, but I, I definitely think there might be an element of that in there that that uh, we could see develop to where she eventually likes she's like okay we're done and I also think you know maybe the fact that it, as much as I love them together the fact that Rumpel broke Chip in this week's episode was a sign was a sign that their relationship might be coming to an end possibly so it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, breaks out and if uh, Patty uh, how Patty will react because. <laughs> Our, She's our, listen- our strong rumbeller. Yeah, our listener Patter- Patty is a strong rumbeller. Okay. What, you, what were you going to say? Uh, nothing. nothing. Nothing? Okay. My last point is really just a series of some of my favorite lines from this episode. You were his maid once. <laughs> I'm not running this time. You're lucky someone once taught me the value of mercy. You've turned me into a hero. Magic mm-hmm. toadstools don't burn. Have fun with a lifetime of resentment. Ta-da. Dun, 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 dun. This is how you know it was an episode I felt very meh about. I just got to quote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that last point was quotes. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think uh, that's definitely on, on both sides of the coin here. Oh, uh, let's see. Elsie uh, says that Belle did tell Rumple this mm-hmm. episode that she always saw the true man inside of him. Very true. But I also think some of her actions might have – or, or the way she acted towards him mm-hmm. indicated otherwise a little bit. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, con- conflicted characters are cool. Uh, they're complex. They're fun. They're interesting. At the same time, it, you, you can't take that too far. Yeah. Like retconning Rumpel's origin. Okay. So Anne-Marie, mm-hmm. out of 4,722 oh. dark onion rings – 
How many Dark Onion Rings do you give this episode? 2,000. I'm not even getting creative on this one because <laughs> I lost track of whatever number you mumbled at me. 4,722. And if that's uh, not the one Where I said, now. that's the one I'm putting in chat. So 2,000. 2,000. Why? I did not like this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like 30 seconds here and 30 seconds there can't redeem an entire like 47-minute episode or whatever. Uh-huh. Like it just – I I didn't even want to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not even gonna lie. I was <laughs> like, how late can I put this off? <laughs> That's what I was doing today. Um. So there's that. Okay. I hope says I, I like Dark One Emma, but I'm starting to get the to the point where I miss the other miss the savior. I'm not gonna read other Anne Marie's because she tried to do just a percentage, and we don't do percentages. You have to work with the scale. Mm-hmm. As for me. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, 722 Dark Onion Rings out of 4,722. One because because it's a nice round number. Two, because I really hated this episode. Really, really hated this episode. Yeah. Let's see. Bobby, uh, I I really can't say anything else that I haven't already said. And I hate being hater 80. We really do. But you know what? It's been a while since Mm -hmm. uh, we've had such a hater 80 episode. Probably since Frozen. Yeah, definitely since Frozen. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Bobby says uh, 2,332. Hope says uh, 2,300. Dark Onion Rings, not Prego Onion Rings. Uh, It was mostly bad, but had a few shiny moments like Selena and Emma. Other than that, awful. And uh, Poke Canada agrees with you, 2,000. Amy P says, 2,400. I liked bits and pieces of it. And uh, then Poke Canada says, this is definitely an episode I will skip when I buy the DVD of season five. Nice. Excellent. Okay, yeah, well, I guess that's about all we can really say about this. That's it. Let's move on. Now, on to the news. News. First up, the ratings. Once Upon a Time was fairly steady, dropping only a tenth of a point in adults 18 to 49 versus last week. We'll see how this week fares this week um i i know after the our first kind of hater 80 episode of the frozen arc yeah uh, in the one that was pretty much universally hater 80 like i've seen this one yeah. the reaction online to this one be i know that's when it like there was a big drop in ratings so um well this one was act- was also against the world series and football mm-hmm. well who watches that they, I don't think they really have a Let's common Let's see, the World Series Game 5 had 16 million people watching it. Mm. So, you know, there were people. And football had 11 million people and went to 830. So, you know, there was a few people. Mm-hmm. Just a few. Just, Just a, few. a few. Okay, uh... Let's see. Um, Angel T gives it a uh, three thousand dark onion rings. Angel or uh, Sage of Earth gives it four thousand <laughs> seven hundred and twenty dark She's onion rings. She's the saving grace for this for not having a tragic ending. Okay, but let's see here. Okay, so let's go ahead and check out the trailer uh, for next week's episode. Nimu Nimawai Nimai, whatever they, it is called. Nimawai! Episode seven of season five. Let's look at it. A bit of luck. We put Excalibur together tomorrow, and then Captain Swan stuff. Be careful. Sunday. They make it out. Was born eons ago. More head rumple. To forge the ultimate weapon. A spark for mankind. They're going to put it together. Shh, the spark of mankind's first flame. That that's interesting. Exactly. And it looks like uh, the the dark one dagger became a a slot machine. <laughs> and then the original dark one shows up. Yeah. Which is probably Nimue. Seven in my way. Nimue. Seven in my way. Oh, seven in my way. Seven in my way. Seven in my way. Okay. Are we done okay. now? You know what? I really love that this is going to probably end up being one of our longest episodes, and it's 
a haterade episode. Seriously. Okay. Um, but next week, oh yeah, you, no. we wanted to talk about this real quick. Right? I do. Yes. Um, you may recall, I don't remember when it was. Hope will remind me. Um, earlier in the year, there was a Green Wish fundraiser, um, which is an eco-friendly um, uh, fund. But um, they reopened for the holidays, and it's running November first through December fifteenth. Um, and they have a lot of once upon a time stuff and this all mm. goes to Archie's fund of Greenwich. Raphael Sparge. Raphael Sparge. Yeah, I can't pronounce that well. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's a bunch of stuff. We just wanted to put it out there. It's mm-hmm. artforgreenwish.com and there's, there's some original artwork. There's some jewelry. There's some, mm-hmm. some cool stuff. We, we failed at getting anything in there, but we can't even, you know, get our drinks filled some days. So. Yeah, but we, we, we'll <laughs> we are at least pushing it for you. We'll, we'll have a link to that in the show sure, notes at greetingsfromstorybrook.com too for this episode, episode 145. True that. Oh, oh and they, they're also, uh, Hope wants to mention, they're still looking for contributors and artists. They still need some. So, they still need some peeps. So uh, maybe we, we can put Anne Marie on that, maybe getting a little something in there from uh, Greetings. Okay, I'll do my best. I'm committed. I've been trying to order stickers for a month and a half, (laughs) and I still haven't even gotten on the site. Fair enough. Okay, so next week, when you get done watching the episode, uh, first of all, think back to your earliest formative memory, immediately denounce it and say it was the opposite of what it was. (laughs) Then throw a mushroom in a cauldron, email us, greetingsfromstorybrook at gmail.com. Tweet us at GF Storybrook. The Facebook is Facebook.com slash greetings from Storybrook. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Or you can send us an MP3 if you want to uh, at greetings from Storybrook.com. 424-274-2352 is the voicemail number. We always play our voicemails almost. We try. We do, unless there's like 50 minutes of them. Uh, and there's only 15 minutes of them today. Yeah. So, uh, and we've already got a couple, few, few of those so minutes out of the way. So uh, we'll Yay. start off with Bobby. Take it away, Bobby. Hey, Bill and Amory. It's Bobby. Hey, All right, hey. so I have a lot to say about this episode, so I'm going to try to talk as quick as I can to fit in as much as I can <laughs> in the time allotted. All right, so pros. I should speed um, it up. Kind of tired of the redemption arcs, but I'd be, but let's be honest. Um, I'm anxious to see Rumpel as the hero. It's going to be really cool to see him bring the same determination he used as the Dark One to try to bring back Neil, <laughs> and now being being a hero and trying to help them bring down the current Dark One. Um, I liked how Merida's story fit into Once Lore. I'm not all that familiar with the Pixar Brave movie, but I just liked how that didn't take over the episode. Uh, it's good how they finally were able to out Arthur. I'm kind of tired of uh, that being, you know, I'm anxious for that to be on the open. And now that everyone knows, we can get past that. Um, as but but Arthur doesn't know that they know. <laughs> all right, now so not cons. So cons. Um, the parallels in this episode were a bit too on the nose, especially when different characters are speaking almost the same lines at different times. Um, where did Zelina come from? I don't quite remember Zelina being in the asylum. Do, do you guys remember her being in the asylum? Yes. Dear. I almost remember us in chat saying something about like, you know, hey, mm-hmm. where did Zelina go? Um, that being said, it was very cool to see her back. Uh, I loved the scenes with her and Emma. Um, or the scene with her and Emma particular um, my favorite line of the episode was probably when they were talking about forgiveness and Zelina shot back at her oh yeah well I killed Neil do you want to kiss and make up so I thought that was pretty cruel Uh, but apparently she's on the straight and narrow I don't remember that either Um, anyway um, brushing off things instead of 
explaining them. Uh, I'm not saying they have to totally give us a bunch of exposition of as to how and why and when, but I just feel like like specifically when uh, when Merlin was saying, "Oh, it doesn't matter how the message came to you, just did you get the message." Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like he could have said a bit more instead of just like totally brushing it off. We agree. But my two pause it. Um, because I'm on Twitter, even though I shouldn't be Entertainment Weekly exclusive. Robbie K returning as Peter Pan on once. Nice. Sorry, Bobby, but that breaking got me. Breaking news. Breaking news. We never get the breaking news. Hold on. Hundredth uh, episode. Where is that? Retweet it. I will. Hold on. I'm not in the right account to retweet. <laughs> so we'll retweet it from that account. Oh, hold on, I'm getting there. I follow all your accounts. No, really? Uh Robbie K said to reprise his role as Peter Pan in the hundredth episode. Ah pop Here, ups. I, I've got it. Thank you. Pop ups. Yes, uh he's gonna come back in the hundredth episode. Uh the hero star made his debut in the Neverland centric third season's de- details on Pan's return are being kept under wraps. K K joins the previously announced Barbara Hershey reprising her role as Cora in the hundredth episode, mm-hmm. which is slated to air as the spring premiere in early March. Other familiar faces slated to return include ones we already know about. Jamie Chung, Megan Ori, David Anders. Yeah, but very interesting. Like Sorry, uh, I just got really, really excited. Oh, I figured it was a hero's article when I saw him, mm-hmm. but no. So. Yeah, that's that's pretty. That's, that's worth interrupting. That's for. pretty darn cool. But yeah, yeah that whole. Uh, well, I mean, they're they have said the creators have said they're probably going to hell. So, so. I think we're getting everybody who's dead. Yeah. Neil, bring Except back Neil. Neil. Are you saying that Neil went to hell? <laughs> you know what? I agree. Bobby, take it back. Biggest gripes of the episode were. Where are Granny and the Dwarves? Um, I'm, I know I keep mentioning this. I'm going to keep mentioning it. Where are Granny and the Dwarves? Um, I just don't understand why they brought it up in the beginning just to not have it happen. Um, at this point, the, I'd almost feel like it's like deus ex, ex machina. They're going to be the ones that totally save the day at the end. So last week I was I was saying Granny and Grumpy did it. Now I'm saying uh, Granny and Grumpy will be the ones that save everyone. So uh, <laughs> one of those two things will happen mark my words <laughs> okay um but that being said my biggest gripe of this episode was bell now again i know earlier in the episode uh, or earlier earlier in my voicemail i was saying how i really enjoyed how they gave her her due um but it really felt to me like they were setting her up to be the hero in this episode there were quite mm-hmm. a few beats specifically in the uh, moment when her and Rumple had the argument and she stormed off from the car and Rumple drove the other way. It just really felt to me like, okay, Belle has come into her own and she's going to be the hero. She walked off into the fog where you can't, she didn't see what was going on. She didn't have anyone by her side. She didn't have any weapons. And she knew she was walking into, you know, what could mean death by herself. But it didn't matter. And that's what a hero is. And that's why I thought that Bell was going to be the one that pulled the sword from the stone. Mm-hmm. And while I do enjoy that they gave her her due for what it was worth, and I do enjoy Rumple being the hero and I'm anxious to see where that leads, um, yeah, I just felt like, like they robbed her a bit. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I was just reading a bit into things. Um, what did you guys think? Did anyone else see that? <laughs> I'm anxious to hear what you guys thought. Um, so coffee. anyway... Due to that, I'm going to give this our episode nine and a half of 14 Broken Arrows. Um, Sorry for leaving such a long-winded voicemail. 
and see you guys in chat. Thank you very much, Bobby. Hearts for Bobby. Always appreciate it. I think uh, you've caught wind of what, how we felt about the episode. So we won't respond. Uh, but yeah, uh, and yeah, I think I saw a couple other people saying Bell should have been the hero and stuff. Yeah, I for thoroughly sure. agree. I, I did cut cut a couple of the voicemails just for time, uh, but we're gonna go ahead and go with uh, other Anne Marie's. Uh, so take it away, other Anne Marie. I'm Bill and Anne-Marie. It's other Anne-Marie coming for greetings from Storybrooke. I am really hoping that this is the last of what we see from from Merida because I did not particularly care for that part of the storyline. Also, I do not understand why they let certain characters run around in the same dress every single episode. They did it with Frozen. They're doing it with Merida. Once you've established who they are in the first or second episode, ditch their clothing line and... Put them in something else. I mean, yep. Belle seemed to have raided Ruby's closet, so <laughs> I don't understand why they just keep doing that. Anyway, um, having Rumple as a hero does not make any sense to me, but we'll see where this is going because Rumple as a hero with all the history that he has in his head about him being the Dark One could be very useful. I also do not understand why they thought of Henry after they thought of Arthur. Thank you. I also don't understand why the stupid <laughs> mushroom did not burn. I think Regina said something about it, but didn't catch it. They still should have thought of Henry first. He's a bigger part of this entire show than Arthur is. Out of 25 bear potions, I'm giving it... Twelve and a half. It's it was a half of the show I liked, half of the show I didn't like. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Bye. Thank you, other Emery. Okay, we have a letter from Chris Tipton here. He says, "Hey y'all, uh, this was an okay episode. I didn't care for the Merida storyline, to be honest. I'm kind of bored with her character and really don't want to see much of her again." Uh, it was nice to see Belle be more relevant again, and I loved how much this episode did for the Rumbell relationship. I feel like they have hope again. I thought it would fall flat, but I actually loved seeing Rumpel be a true hero. I think Emma is 100% evil dark one in Storybrooke. I, I think in the voicemail, uh, Merlin was referring to Emma, and I think she is full dark one come for Merlin, and he is powerless to stop her because he, she chose to remain the dark one. I think Emma has Merlin imprisoned in Camelot, and she wants uh, Zelina to use the wand to take her back to Camelot so she can kill Merlin. Mm. I like that idea that it might be to open up a portal because we saw that's what we saw. That's at the, what we saw it yeah. too. Yeah. Overall, I love the Rumbel uh, stuff and Merlin stuff, but was bored by Merida. Eight out of ten killed oafs. Okay. Uh, one last voicemail here. Kilted. Then we, kilted oafs. Kilted oafs. Kilted oafs. All right. This one's from Ash. Well, here no? I, I was going to play. No? Oh, voicemail. we have another voicemail. Oh, okay. Last voicemail from Wu. We, we had to cut, cut, cut a couple. Sorry, guys, but uh. That happened. I thought this episode was decent. I didn't think it was one of the best episodes of the season. I did find it funny in Mayor Mill's office. While all the other characters are concerned about the darkness and getting it out of Emma, Belle is the only one concerned about saving gold. And I can't really blame the other characters for feeling how they feel about saving gold. Because in one way or another, gold has ruined their lives a couple times. Can't really blame all the other characters for concerning themselves with saving Emma first. Speaking of gold and Belle, I like that Belle finally got to meet the actual Rumpelstiltskin, mm-hmm. or Rumple No Gold Skin, as Meeks called him <laughs> in the third season. And I, I I forgot that Belle has never known Rumple outside of just being the Dark One. She's always known Rumple as some version of the Dark One. She never not, got to meet the actual guy. And I loved how Bill played it in that scene when Rumpel's talking about 
being a coward and being slumped over in the corner and the look in her eyes is like, who are you? I've never met you before. I really liked how Belle played it. And by the way, does it bother anybody <laughs> that this ancient elevator or say that it's an ancient yes. elevator mm-hmm. that we haven't seen in two seasons yes. has bicycle chains on it? Really? <laughs> I didn't the even elevator notice the that goes down to where you're holding Maleficent or where you were has bicycle chains on it. No one thought to use one of like the dwarves' pickaxe to open that thing. I mean, come on. Did it, did it bother anyone else? My favorite scene now. was the <laughs> Zelina and Dark One scene. I love that Zelina knew exactly what the Dark One was going to ask even before she thought of asking it. And it really shows the audience that Emma hasn't really been evil for that long. And she really needs a separate game. I give this episode... Six out of eight onion ring containers. Talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. I was actually more irritated with the the fact that repeatedly we've known that it was a two-man elevator and suddenly it just was working with a crumbled rumple inside who obviously wasn't running it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was Emma's magic. (laughs) That's all I could think. Okay, well, uh, we're going to wrap up uh, with a letter from Ashley here. Okay. Hey, Ann and Bill. Man, I love the questy episodes, especially team-ups. Love it when Belle gets to be smart and clever. Also, bears, bears everywhere. Belle and the fate thing, oh, most definitely fitting. I love how she was all your wit and your bow versus needing magic. Yes, there's a time and a place for magic, but there's also things that should probably be tried with other methods first and Oh my gosh! Excuse me, Zelina has to get her greens. The <laughs> onion rings and the Neil Henry mentions. Methinks Zelina knows maybe she can push to an extent since she has a wee one herself. Or something interesting how Emma's smoke is gray at the moment. A blending maybe? Merida and Belle bonding all the yes. Belle hero motivator and channeling Henry to some extent. Dang it, Rumple running doesn't solve these sorts of problems. They just follow you one way or another. <laughs> Facing fear is very important. Also love all of the Scots and clans bits. So cool and epic. Apollo bars. Hmm. Sticky fingers love. Hmm. Emma doesn't seem like she's barter much of those deal wait she's barter much on those deals that she probably wants anyway oh my gosh she did it the light one or the gray one he becomes we shall see chance go bell go henry go go henry <laughs> love the whole collagen thing and oh my gosh charming read a book <laughs> um who's nimoy really really voicemail <laughs> um pro- Prometheus? Am I saying that right? Prometheus, Prometheus, yeah. call out to Original Fire Indeed, giving this one nine near impossible shots of Merida out of ten. Cheers and hugs Ash. So there, Ash is on team. I like this episode, as opposed to us. A very small team, team. Very small team. I love this A episode. very small team. Yes. Okay, as we said, uh, next week, uh, when you get done watching the show, mm-hmm. what I want you to do is I want you to, you know, know yourself. Know everything about yourself and who you are and why you are who you are throw it all out the freaking window <laughs> hit, hit your girlfriend with a rock in the head email us greetings no from abuse stop it email stop us it. greetings from storybrook at gmail.com 
tweet us at GSStoryBrook. Facebook is Facebook.com slash greetings from Storybrook. And the voicemail number, which we almost always play, is four to, except when we have to cut some for time. Of course. 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And hopefully next week we won't be quite so haterady. Now, oh, Emory, I hope not. I hate being haterady. Amory, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at AMDSimone. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. You can follow all of the podcasts we do at universebox.com. And you can check out our chat room every Monday night, mm-hmm. 8.30 p.m. EST, EST, with all these lovely folks here. Uh, all 14 of them tonight. A big, pretty, 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 pretty. It's a nice, big, active chat room. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, we love you guys. We, we love, love you, here, you guys. As always. Thank you for sticking with our snafu that we had mm-hmm. earlier and all that craziness. Yeah. And, and it, the, the, the thing is, like, sometimes I feel bad about having to cut feedback. But then I'm like, you know, a, a lot of the hardcore of the hardcorest are in the chat room. They usually get at least one little shout out. Uh, During the episode. shout outs yeah. of their ideas in the episode anyway. We try. Also, also, again, happy birthday, Amy P. Happy early birthday to Bobby. What? What is that? Hold on. Wait, wait a second. Because <gasps> we can play it now. What? Oh, what are you doing? No, I was uh, I thought just... you were looking at happy birthday. If uh, you're within the sound of my voice, tweet at Amy1102 and wish her a very happy birthday. Uh, we love She's Amy P. She's going to kick us now. We love Amy P. And we love having her in the chat room. And we love that she was born <laughs> more than anything. <laughs> Yes, sure. we love that Amy P was born. And I think I think uh, since since you know it's a, <laughs> such a very special episode, a very special day for her. So now we need other oh, Amory. So now we need to show up tomorrow and not leave Bobby by himself like mm-hmm. last week in our Gotham. <laughs> I think what we're going nice. to do is we're going to close out with a very <gasps> special <gasps> theme song <laughs> in honor of Amy P's birthday. So uh, <clears throat> see you guys next time. Sing me a story, sing me a rhyme, sing all the about what happened once upon a time. If I sing a story, or I sing a rhyme, it's so perfect for the very first time. See, I don't actually know the song. Bill does. Greetings from Storybrook. Greetings from Storybrook. They should really bring that show back. I know. Um, Hope it was a show, oh gosh, like from the 80s or something. And we discovered it around the time they introduced Belle. 90s, yeah. 90s, whatever. And we're slightly obsessed in case that's not obvious. Yeah, and then Amy P. Said she had nightmares about it. Well, I think it was like, we have an episode. I think it's like episode nine. It's called Sing Me a Story. It is, yes. And that's when we found it. (laughs) And uh, Amy P. went back through and listened to all of the episodes. Episodes, and oh, yeah. she she got that song stuck in her head, and we've always given her uh, crap about it. <laughs> so we randomly sing it, tweet it, yeah, all sorts of craziness.